Transformational truth number four. Nothing happens to me. It happens for me. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. On today's episode, we have Coach Chris Fowler. And Coach Fowler has an incredible and an inspiring story of overcoming adversity. I had the unique privilege of pastoring Chris through his college career, and I literally had a front row seat as Chris broke records. I mean, he lit up the court at Central Michigan University. And what I love about Chris and what I think you're going to love about him is his perspective. Chris's outlook on life in the midst of adversity is amazing. Chris went on to serve as a GA at Michigan State University under Tom Izzo, and today he serves as the assistant men's basketball coach at Northern Arizona University. If you know someone dealing with with disappointment and they need a boost, send them this episode. This is going to bless you. Let's jump in. Our special guest today is Coach Chris Fowler. Coach, welcome to Transformational Truth. We're honored to have you here with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Really glad to be here. Coach, here's today's Transformational Truth. Nothing happens to me. It happens for me. And we're talking about adopting a victorious mindset or an abundance mindset. It's the fundamental belief that God redeems everything in my life, including my painful moments, my um, disappointing moments, my setback moments. And it is adopting this mindset for me personally that over the course of my life has protected me in some low times from kind of falling into this you know, pit of despair. And it's the choice to adopt this victorious mindset rather than a victim's mindset when, when in those really difficult moments I could go either way. Coach, you were an extremely successful collegiate basketball player. Um, I literally, I literally had front row seats. Um, I, I literally got to watch from the front row um, your career, and I saw you. You break. I was there when you broke records on the court. Uh, you were celebrated on the court and off the court because of your character and your integrity. You're a leader. Uh, You had dreams to go to the NBA. You pursued that dream, but you ran into some disappointing roadblocks. Can you just take a few minutes and talk to our listeners about your journey? Well, it was, um, I think the part of my basketball career that you saw was actually the most successful part. In high school, I had six knee surgeries before I actually got to college. Wow. And I only really got to play two full healthy years of high school basketball one year on the summer circuit in AAU. And then I took an extra year, a postgraduate year, to get better recruited and got one scholarship to Central Michigan University. So it was the the part that you saw was the most successful. And I felt like the, the tide was turning for me in which I had got through my injuries. I was, the basketball was really starting to take off. Yeah. Um, I had 
a very healthy first three years of college. So, as you know, I had a, a minor injury at the beginning of my senior year. Right. And it kind of set me back a little bit, but I was still able to play my senior year and, and, and be somewhat successful. After that, I go to – I have three pre-draft workouts in the NBA. I work out for the Knicks. I work out for the Jazz, and I work out for the Raptors. Uh, hopefully trying to either get drafted in the second round or make a summer league team so I can hopefully make a team. Right. Neither one of those happened for me. But I do get drafted in the G League draft. Um, I think at the time it was still the D League. So, uh, But I, did, I do get drafted in the G League draft. I go to training camp. I have a really good camp. But at the end of training camp, I get released. Mm. I get cut. The, the general manager of the team says you get everything right, you get everything that we drafted you to do, but we just feel like this other guy um, gives us a better scoring punch off the bench. So I get released, I go back home. I'm waiting to get signed by another team, either in the G League or overseas, somebody to pick me up. Nothing's going on, nothing's happening. I'm not getting signed. Um, in February, I think I signed a deal to play in the second league of Australia. Yeah. And after I signed that deal, I actually get called back to my G League team and finish the, finish my season there. Um, I made the playoff roster. We lose in the first round of the playoffs. Australia. I have a really good season in Australia in their summer league. And then I get signed to play in the second division of Germany. I play there in the fall. And at that point, you know, my knee injury started to catch up with me, and my 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 right knee really started to hurt. Started mm. really be in pain. And I was not able to uh, continue to prepare to play like I want to. Yeah, It wasn't necessarily about actually the playing games. I had lost the will to prepare to play. So after that, I, uh, I decided to – I knew I was done playing halfway through that year. Wow. I knew I, that was my last year. Wow. And then it was about what I, what I was going to do next. Then I got into coaching. I knew I wow. wanted to coach, but then I got into coaching. Wow. Um back up for a second because there's there is a couple of really really important moments that you just mentioned uh because i think we need to touch on those here's why i think we live in a culture you know we all love um we're in love with movies and, and narratives and stories coach where you know um, you've got a dream and, and you chase it you do everything and, and it works and it comes to pass uh but far too many of us can relate to to the reality that sometimes uh, that's not what happens in our lives. Sometimes you do everything you're supposed to do. I mean, let, let's talk about that for a second, because I think people can relate to that. You said, you know, you had this great tryout. Uh, you did well. And mm -hmm. the coach basically says, hey, Chris, you did everything right. But essentially, you did everything right, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, how does that, how did that feel? What's the reality of the emotion of that moment to hear those words? Hey, you did everything right. You're great. Mm -hmm. But that's just not enough. How did that, how did you wrestle with that? How did you manage that? I, well, I, at the time, I didn't understand it. I mean, there was a lot of emotion that came with it. There was a lot of, of, of tears that came with it. There was a lot of action right. at the moment that came with it, uh, trying to figure out how I do exactly what I was drafted to do, uh, how in, in the circumstance or the situation that was on the team, my skill set just didn't fit in as if, you, if I'm looking back on it right now, I completely understand why it happened. Sure. Not, it was not uh, – it had nothing to do with me, but everything to do with the plan God had for me. Hmm. So 
I mean, I get it. I get it now. I understand the why now because everything that happened after that is helping me where I am right now. Right. Like at the time, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of asking why. You know, how do I? I if you if you ask me, Pastor, I, there, you I, you couldn't find too many people in the country that was working harder than me to yeah. get where they wanted to get. Yeah. I, I firmly do believe that I was one of the hardest workers out there. Um, yeah. And I agree. It had it really didn't have anything to do with work ethic or anything to do with what I had planned because I was ready for the situation, but the situation that that I'm now in it shows me why why what happened happened the way it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important because I think you just you hit um, another important point, uh, Chris. Uh, it was that in the moment you couldn't see it, but looking back, you can. I can, yes. Yeah, but in the moment, it's not easy, is it? I mean, I've I've been through disappointments and difficult moments, and when you're in it, it's really hard to see the redeeming quality mm-hmm. of of the pain and the disappointment you're going through. Now, uh, Coach, I, I've watched you embrace this transformational truth. In fact, it's why I picked it for this interview specifically. I know you. I've had the privilege of pastoring you. I've I've had the honor. Um, Chris, of, of being there in some difficult moments with you. I've watched you process it and I've watched you embrace this. Um, and because you have, uh, you are where you are today because you've decided that nothing happens to me, it happens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is in the emotion of the moment when you're facing disappointment, it's, it's just not easy. And I think when people look at, that, at somebody like you who's successful, I mean, you're coaching, you you know, you spent two years at Michigan State um, with Tom Izzo and that incredible coaching staff. You, you know, you've, you've already right now achieved some things that other guys will look at and say, wow, he, you know, he's really got it going on for himself and doors have opened for him. But it wasn't always easy and it's not. You, you've had to work through some really disappointing moments. How practically did you navigate your low moments? What did you do? Did you talk to somebody? Did you pray? Did you lean into friendships? Did you, how did you process that? It was, well, I mean, it, it, when I was at Central Michigan, your, our relationship was big. Um, I really leaned into my family, my, my mom and my dad, and yeah. my brother, and then, you know, uh, my, my little sisters, my stepmother, like I have a, I have a really good family, Family, right. and friends, family and friends that were there for me through these times, but a lot of it was just continuing to wake up. I, mm. I, I really can't stress enough that, I mean, it's those, those hard times, they're going to, they're going to bring emotion and you're going to be sad, but continuing to wake up and continuing to do the necessary things to prepare is what got me through. I, mm. I can't say, I can't say that I was, I was perfect. Like I didn't go through these ups and downs. Like I had this mental fortitude that was right. just strong in which nothing could ever break me. I was broken. Right. At a time. I was. I was right. really was. But I just kept waking up. Like I, if it, if I was hurt, I just kept going to rehab. If I if I was cut, like I just kept going to the gym and I just I, I kept going. I kept getting better. And in my mind, it was when I get the opportunity, the longer they give me, the better I'll be when I get it. That was, that was my, my mindset is if, 
if, it, if, they, if I'm not going to get signed again until February, when I get back in February, I'm going to be a completely different person than I was when they cut me in November. Wow. How long it takes them. And, and I think in, in COVID, we can have that same mentality because a lot of times no, we, we don't get time back and everybody asks for more of it. And what COVID gave us that everybody asked for was time. So when I get out of this situation that I'm in, Will I be different? Will I be better than when I walked in it? And I feel wow. like I feel like I was. I wow. Wow. Well, I would agree you were. Um, you know, COVID hit everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think the question of who we are when we come out of it will depend on the mindset we embrace in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because all of us are enduring it, all of us are facing it at a different level. Um, and I think what I just heard you say was you kept focusing on development and let God take care of the doors. Yes. And because you did, when the door opened, you were ready to walk through it. Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. You, you, you felt brokenness, but you kept believing. And I think, um, I hope everyone listening, you, you might need to go back and rewind this and, and just listen to the last 60 seconds or the last two minutes, especially uh, because I think what, what coach Chris just shared with us is vital. All of us are going to face disappointing moments. All of us are going to face broken moments, but to keep getting up when you don't feel like it, to keep moving forward when you don't feel like it, to keep believing even in the midst of your brokenness, um, is vital. Cause again, I think there's a temptation to look at guys who they seemingly have achieved a certain level of what we would call quote unquote success and just assume there was never any brokenness there, but that's not true at all. Is it? No. Oh, and also, also assume that they were just so mentally strong. That right. So tough that that's why they got through it as if toughness isn't being broken. You can every, you can be rebuilt after being broken. Oh, hold on a second. Wait. (laughs) You said as if toughness isn't being broken, but you can be rebuilt after being broken. There's there's something big about that. Like We look at these guys with the the part that we see is the the end result and the successful part. And we're like, they just were so strong through the whole thing. And I think people, when they looked at my journey, they're like, Oh, he was just so strong through it all. He was just so mentally tough. And that's not true. Like I right. quit, I quit a couple of times. Right. I in my life that didn't allow me to do so. And at the same time, they were like, I just kept waking up. It, I, I did. I, I was done. There was a few times in which I was finished. Right. I just kept waking up. So I just I don't want people to think that toughness is keep fighting through, like making a way out of no way. There, yeah, there is, something, there is something tough about feeling broken and allowing yourself to be rebuilt differently through that broken. Oh my goodness, this is gold! Um, wow, Chris. Um, I think, and let me just interject here because I think, as leaders, whether it's coaching, pastoring, whether you're leading your family business, um, there's a temptation, like you said to sort of idolize success and say, look, they've never been broken. Look at how strong of mind they are. But the, but the truth is, as, as believers, as people who are Christ followers, mm-hmm. really, the focus has never been about our strength. It's been about his. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 
we have this tendency, you know, to make it about how faithful we were. But the truth is, there are times where, let's be honest, in those really low moments, our faith can be weak, man. Mm-hmm. Our, our faith, the, the faith tank can get empty sometimes. That's the truth. The, the, the scripture doesn't celebrate how faithful we are. The scripture celebrates how faithful he is, even when the I think well, the scripture says it this way, even when I'm faithless, he's still faithful. Mm-hmm. Even when I had these moments, that's it, I quit. You said I, I quit a couple of times. There's been times of like, that's it, I quit. And there's people listening right now that can relate. There are pastors and ministers listening who, you know, uh, every Monday morning, they want to quit after a bad Sunday. You know, there's business leaders who are trying to figure out how to keep their business going in the middle of COVID. They just feel like quitting, even though they know God put something in their heart. And what you said is important because I think it releases leaders from that sense of feeling condemned, like condemnation, like, oh, I, I want to quit, so I must not be good enough. But that's not true. Oh. Leaders who know that God put something in their heart, every man, every woman listening to this, whether you're leading your family or a business or a ministry or a team, listen. The idea that you never want to quit is what make that that's what makes you uh, a person of destiny is so false because you wrestle with it. We've all wrestled with it. We've all had to deal with it. But in your words, in the midst of the brokenness, you keep making choices to believe. Yes. My even, Lord. Even, even when I didn't believe. Can't even when choice. you didn't. Even when I did You make the choice. Even when I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I still went to the gym that day. Wow. Showed up. And those wow. were the days, those, those were the toughest days. And when you get through it and you surround yourself with good people. And I, I had that. And when I did that, it was it, it all got it all it, right now I can look back at every situation in which I can say I was about to quit, look back on it and say, I get it now. And my yeah. mom always tells me, she always says, when you look back, you'll you'll always say, Okay, well, that was the point. That was the point. Right. And now I now Right. I, Incredible. Um, now, in the world of coaching, world, world of athletics, you, you are well-versed in understanding the importance of mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, I, think, um, I think we're learning more about the importance of this in our culture. And I think even scripture addresses this issue often, honestly. Uh, you could have easily... At, at any one of those difficult moments, Chris, you could have adopted a victim's mindset. At, at, at any one of those moments, you could have just decided, no, you know, nothing good happens for me. It's all bad. Nothing's ever going to get better, you know, and you could have gone into a spiral, but you didn't. You, you chose a victorious mindset. Uh, maybe not every time, but ultimately that was the prevailing mindset. Why is adopting a victim's mindset rather than a victorious mindset so dangerous from your perspective? Well, I think it, I think you put you in a situation where you focus too much on the result rather than what's going on within the process. And the victim's mindset allows you to say that the only thing that matters is what happens at the end. Mm. And that's not necessarily true. That's mm. actually the farthest thing from the truth. Is when we when we adopt the victim's mindset, is we say that the loss is the only thing that matters. Wow. The, victim, the victim's mindset is also saying that the win is the only thing that matters. Come on. Saying that it happened. The reason why I won is because of what happened on that day. Come on. 
And that's not necessarily true. Like wow. the, result, the results is are the victim is the victim mindset because you become a victim to the the win and the loss, to the good and the bad. And, and, and if you become a victim to that and you have adopted that victim's mindset, you are allowed by the situation to become too high or become too low. Mm. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of glory, a lot of grace, and a lot of victory in what happened before that result and then what happens after that result. Mm. And and I think that that's where the victorious mindset starts. It doesn't start when that result happens. Right. And that's something that, that I have come to that I have come to learn. And my victorious mindset doesn't start with a victory. It does not <laughs> Chris, I'm supposed to be the one bringing transformational truths to the to the show. You've dropped like five of them in this episode, <laughs> man. My Lord, um, the victorious mindset is not a result of the victory. Good Lord. Um, that's something that happens before the victory. Before. And, and, and after. Yeah, and, and after. after. And you said something else. You, you, when you're talking about this victorious mindset, um, it reminded me of a quote that John Wooden, one of my favorite John Wooden quotes, you know, the famous UCLA basketball player, or basketball coach, rather. He said, uh, don't let the highs get you too high. Don't let the lows get you too low. Stay focused. Yeah. Just stay focused. Um, and that's kind of what I, I'm hearing you talk about. Uh, wow. And I used to, I, I, I used to, I had the opportunity before games at Michigan State to talk in, in, in the huddles. And um, one of my quotes actually got picked up on the journey on the Big Ten Network uh, before we played Michigan in the uh, Big Ten Championship game in 2019. Yeah. But I always, uh, one of the things I always used to say is when the emotion of the game dies down, it's just going to be basketball. And I would always look at my guys and say, I've seen you prepare. There's nobody better than you at basketball. And I think in, in, in life, when the emotion of situation dies down, you're going to be judged and everything that you do is going to be based off your principles and your values and how you attack the situation. When the emotion of it dies down, you still are you. And that's where your mindset gets to climb in. And I think that's what you were just talking about. You can't get too high, you can't get too low, because after the highs and after the lows, you're still going to be who you are. And you have wow. to make your foundation and your preparation is solid. My goodness. Um, <laughs> Chris, um, how has your faith, how has your faith impacted your career, both playing basketball and now coaching? Well, hey, we could, we could, we could talk for hours. About yeah. How, yeah. How that happened. I think, I think with the, the faith part, how it impacted it, man. Because I watched you. I mean, I, I watched you lean into your faith. I, you know, you and I had multiple conversations and times of prayer and, and you seeking the will of God, the heart of God. And, and I highlight that because I think that's a point that a lot of our listeners um, would benefit from hearing because no, you know, especially when it's in the world of uh, sports 
or, or any public kind of leadership where, you know, for me, they, they see me on Sunday morning from the platform preaching and teaching, but they don't see behind the scenes all of the work that goes into it or my time with God or my time praying or my low moments. Same is true, maybe even more so for, for those in um, any sort of athletic career. Um, you were a man of faith. Uh, in college, you you leaned into your faith. There were times we prayed together. There were times we cried together. There were times we 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 shared the word of God together, and that's what I wanted people to know that it wasn't always easy. But you were actively engaged. I mean, you were engaged in the local church. Um, uh, you were you've been in my home. We shared meals together. I mean, you were a man of faith, and you leaned into your pastor and other believers. Talk about how that helped you through that journey, that process? I, I think really just having, having it, it, it brought around me good people. Yeah. Really, the faith, having faith in something bigger than myself brought, brought people that I needed around me to, to really keep me going forward. But I would, I would be lying if I didn't say that I thought at first, that I thought at first that going to church and praying was the reason it would set me up for good things. Mm. And over time, my faith grew to say like, and I think you said it, you, you told me when we talked a couple of weeks ago that I'm not serving to gain the grace of God. I have the grace of God, which is why I get a chance to serve. That's it. And I think at first it was, when I first got to college and I was first going to church, I was going to church and praying, hoping that my prayers would help me not get injured. Right. That, that I was praying to gain the grace. Right. And over time, being in church and being around good people, and having your teachings, it was, now I understand that I already have it. Yeah, that's right. I have the grace. And that's right. That because I have the grace is the reason I'm going through it. Come on. That's why I get a chance to go through it. So I feel like it, that's how it's grown from start to finish. And I, uh, like I said, I would be lying if I came on here and said that I was going to church for all the right reasons. At first. Right, right. No, that's honest. And I think that helps a lot of people listening. So I, I, would, I, I think I was going to church. And I'm not saying it was the wrong reasons. I was just saying my reasons were a little misguided. Yeah. I was interpreting them the wrong way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was praying, hopefully, hoping that I got it instead of knowing that I got it, and that's why I get a chance to pray. Oh. That, that's my understanding has gone from a player to now a coach, is understanding and being able to tell people, even basketball players nowadays, people nowadays, you're not here to get good. You're good, and that's why you're here, so you get a chance to get better. Yeah. And, and, and that's what, like, especially when you're talking to young basketball players, they feel like, like, oh, I got to prove this, or I have to do this, or right. I got to show them that I am good. No, no, you are good. You get a chance to progress, but you, the reason you're here at this right. point is because you are good. Wow. Once you have that business is because you are intelligent. Now, seeking knowledge and seeking wisdom behind that intelligence is also still important. Not being arrogant enough to think that you don't have to do it anymore. Right. But you're here because you have it. Right. Give it back. And I think that's where my faith has grown and been important for me throughout playing and coaching and now getting a chance to serve at the level that I do. Wow. Wow. 
Chris, as you're talking, I'm, I'm fighting the tears back because of the growth that I see in your life. Um, you've grown so much. You were always a leader, but you've grown as a leader. You've grown as a follower of Christ. And I see uh, a maturity to your faith that, um, that, I, that I didn't see there, you know, seven years ago. Clearly, uh, you've grown so much, man. It's incredible. It's inspiring. Last question, Chris. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's listening who is dealing with some disappointments, they find themselves in a low place right now, what would you say to them to encourage them? I, it, it won't feel like this to them at this moment, but the strongest you'll ever be is in this moment right here. When you at your weakest is the strongest you'll ever be because I don't think there's, I don't think you'll learn more than what you're learning at this point. Wow. And, what you're learning right now in your weakest moment has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with what you'll be able to tell somebody else after you go through. Wow. And <laughs> my weakest moments when, when I got cut and when I got signed to second division Australia and when I was able to go to Germany, the people who are benefiting from the knowledge that I got at those places, right? they are not me. Mm. the people that are benefiting from what I learned in Australia about the human body and what I was able to gain in terms of taking care of the body and how an efficient body leads to a more efficient mover which leads to a more efficient jump shooter I never got to use that Wow. Uh, in Germany the drills that I learned schematically what I was able to learn from European basketball I'm not going to be able to use that now Playing, at least. I'm not going to be able to use it in terms of the playlist. Right. Everything that I got at my lowest moments, I am now able to give to somebody else to hopefully keep them going through what I was able to go through. Wow. And I think at, at this moment, if anybody's going through a tough time, if their weakest or at their lowest moments, if they feel the weakest that they've ever been, I say congratulations. Wow. Good for you. Because now what you're going to get out of this, the strength that you're going to gain from this point will be used and will be the greatest thing that ever happened. Because, and it won't be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. You'll be able to give it to somebody else. So like, wow. just, just keep going because, and I, I said this, I said this to my brother. My brother actually got released from Chicago, the Bears, yeah. a couple of years ago after training camp and I said good for you congratulations mm. because after this when you get back on the field nothing is hard mm. now you've, been through, you've been through the lowest point. so congratulations now you're successful now you got it because now you're at your lowest wow transformational truth today Nothing happens to me. It happens for me. And we, all things are working together. Come on. Come on, preacher. Um, you said what you just said. Incredible. The scripture says that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. Mm -hmm. 
And you just explained that in real life. Uh, Coach, where can people find you if they want to look you up? Is there somewhere on social media or a website? Where can they find you? I am on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at Coach C. Fowler. I think if you just type in Christopher Fowler, you'll be able to find me. Uh, I will answer direct messages. I will I'll give out my phone number. I, I, don't, I love this. I love this part of the, the, the serving part of what's going on now. Uh, trying to help people navigate through times. I, I, this is this is the best part of everything. I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. Thank well, you, you are you are in your element. You are walking in your purpose, and uh, we're proud. Thank you for making an investment in us today, Chris. Thank you for having me. It was it was fun. Thank you so much. So, if you'd like to connect with Coach Chris Fowler, then please check out the links that I've included for you guys in the show notes. And listen, if transformational truths is helpful to you, please do me a personal favor. Take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes to rate the show and write us a quick review. This helps us reach more people faster. We want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership.